Let's turn in our Bibles to Micah. Micah 3, and we'll, we'll stand, if you're able, to as we read Micah 3, 1 through 4. This is God's holy and infallible word. And I said, Hear now, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice? You who hate good and love evil, who tear off their skin from them and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, strip off their skin from them, break their bones, and chop them up as for the pot and as meat in a kettle. Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. Instead, he will hide his face from them at that time, because they have practiced evil deeds. Let's pray together. Our glorious Lord, help and bless this your word, and help us to heed the warnings that would help us to grow in grace. And we pray that you would help our leaders, our rulers, the rulers of our nation and the rulers of all nations, to heed these warnings, that they would turn from their wickedness and sin and turn unto Jesus Christ, the Holy Messiah, in saving faith. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Why does God use warnings? Um, why, do, why does anyone use warnings? Um, you usually warn someone um, if they're walking in a place that's unsafe because you don't want them to fall into the ditch or you don't want them to fall off the cliff or you don't want them to get harmed. That's why we use warnings. Usually warnings are things that if we heed them, God helps us, especially in Holy Scripture. Those who heed God's warnings, God blesses them and spares them from an an eternity of suffering. Micah, in this uh, prophecy, gave warnings concerning a coming judgment. Um, He told, he foretold of a coming judgment that was going to happen to Samaria and Jerusalem in chapter 1, verse 1. He promised, um, God promised through uh, Micah that I will make Samaria a heap of ruins in the open country. This prophecy did come to pass and God's bringing destruction upon his own covenant people because of their wickedness and sin. Wickedness of idolatry. They had idols that they worshipped rather than the God of heaven. They were also judged because of wickedness in their behavior and how they treated their, their fellow man, especially their fellow uh, Jews. Today's text, we're looking at some of God's warnings for some of the rulers of the Jewish people. Um, we're going to look uh, at today's text under this, this guideline, how God gives dreadful warnings to wicked rulers. God gives dreadful warnings to wicked rulers, and we'll see this in two main points. The deeds of wicked rulers, and secondly, God's judgment upon wicked rulers. Verse, uh, look at our first main point, the deeds of wicked rulers. Now, 
Before we start looking at some of these verses, I want you to know that the deeds listed here are manifold. There's many that he lists here, but he gives this first overarching condemnation, you could say, in verse 1. Micah tells the rulers of God's people a broad rebuke. Hear now, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice? You think about it. God in his providence gives you an office. Maybe you inherit that office as a governor or some other official at this time in history. Or maybe even in America, people inherit or people obtain an office through election in God's sovereign plan. We know that, according to Scripture, God is sovereign over setting up rulers. But if God is sovereign in setting up a ruler, and he has placed someone in a position of authority, the question then is, is it not your duty to know justice as a ruler? If you are an electrician, it is your duty to know how electricity works and how to use equipment to control electricity. If you are a mechanic, it is your duty to know engines and how to work and serve uh, those who need help and repairs for engines. During the life of Micah, some who were heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel didn't know justice from the right hand or the left hand because they didn't care to practice it. Now, Deuteronomy, if they would have studied that portion of Scripture, would have given them a great deal of instruction. God had laid down a lot of guidelines on how they should have ruled by following Holy Scripture. But no doubt did they neglect not only Deuteronomy, but the rest of Holy Scripture. And as we read further, we'll see why. Verse 2, Micah opened up by saying, You who hate good and love evil. You who hate good and love evil. This is very similar to what uh, Isaiah said, but it's in a little bit of an expanded version there. It's in your outline. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. How do these verses apply to America today, don't they? Homosexuality and transgenderism is the new virtue. If you speak out against it, you're a bigot. You're practicing hate speech and you need to be put in jail, some would say. Even in our parish, we have those who want to publish books in our public libraries with pornography uh, promoting gender confusion for design for teens. These books are. Um, And those parents who want to speak out against such things or even just decent citizens who have an ounce of sense who want to speak out against those things are considered extremists. Is that not those who hate good and love evil? Now, it's not just rulers, but it's, it's in our society as well, abroad. Um, oh, it's, it's horrible filth. Um, it's music of all kinds. Um, I would say the music that I grew up with, um, 
well, there's one particular band, ACDC, and some of the some of the stuff that they would they would uh, promote was just wickedly corrupt. But uh, one thing in particular lately is uh, rap music that is especially bad, which calls uh, good evil and evil good. Uh, it glorifies womanizing, drug dealing, being high like an addict is one lyric. Um, they talk about getting handguns to shoot a cap in somebody, shoot a bullet in somebody. Um, it goes on and on. But is this sort of thing that is what Isaiah spoke about and what Micah spoke about? Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute light for darkness and darkness for light. Micah went on to say how some of the wicked rulers were so selfish that they were devouring their own people. And if you have an imagination, of, a visual imagination, this, some of this could even get you a little nauseated. You who hate good and love evil, who tear off their skin from them and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, strip off their skin from them, break their bones and chop them up as for the pot, as meat in a kettle. So rather than using their God-given office as an opportunity to lead and to help and to serve the people, they devour their own citizens, like chopping them up and putting them in a pot like meat, like cannibals. They're worse than leeches. Um, they're worse than vultures, because a leech or a vulture, um, they, well, a leech will attach to someone who's living and they'll act like a parasite. A vulture will wait till something's dead and then devour it. But these are those who are like rabid wolves and jackals that want to devour God's people. But what are they? They're the same people of the same religion who hold public office. God says that he is going to judge such people. And let's look at our second main point. God's judgment upon wicked rulers. Verse 4. Speaking about those who are the rulers. It says, Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. Instead, he will hide his face from them at that time because they have practiced evil deeds. Now, we can think of a significant historical example of when this actually happened. During the siege of Jerusalem, both ruler and common man alike were all there under that siege, where they were both, you could say, in the same fix. Both were starving, both were suffering pestilence, both were fearing death at any moment while they were being sieged by the enemy. And when both cried out to the Lord, one, you could say, was delivered and one wasn't. It was very common that the younger, attractive, intelligent people like Daniel and his, his companions were taken into captivity. But those rulers, those who were the rulers of the people, who were part of the opposition, who didn't want to submit to, to Nebuchadnezzar, who brought that siege upon themselves... Well, ultimately, it was their sin and wickedness that brought that siege upon themselves. But the rulers were often taken and were tortured and put to death. 
maybe tortured, or maybe not just executed, but tortured, then put to death. And you can imagine, in their suffering, they're crying out to God, but God does not hear him, hear them. You can imagine them saying, we cried out to the Lord, but he did not answer us. Instead, God hid his face from us during our time of desperation. Why? Because we practiced evil deeds. The words of Micah here, verse in verse 4, was reminiscent. It rang in their ears. But I would say this warning in here in verse 4 is not just for the rulers in the past. This warning can be used against the rulers who practice wickedness in our day as well. In modern times, God continues to warn rulers, not only from this passage, but other passages of scriptures. So it's often, often the case that those who practice wickedness and wicked deeds, while they lie upon their deathbeds, if they don't have true repentance and without faith in Christ, they may cry out to God in a general sense, in a deistic faith of some sort, but they cry out to the Lord and He will not answer them. Instead, He will hide His face from them at that time. According to Psalm 2, God says that He will break them with a rod of iron. He will shatter them like earthenware. Those who refuse to submit unto the Christ, unto the Holy Messiah, and when they're cast into the pit of hell, there will be no further opportunity for mercy. Because of their sin and unbelief, they will suffer horrible torment for all eternity without remedy. Even though they cry out for mercy, they will receive none. Now those who heed the warnings, who repent of their sin and unbelief, and embrace Jesus as the Holy Messiah, God will have mercy upon them. Keep your place in Micah, and we'll turn to Psalm 2. Psalm 2, starting in verse 10. Considering all the warnings, these, these really hard warnings that are given in this text, this is something that we should pray for our rulers and the rulers of the nations. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning. Heed the warnings. O judges of the earth, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage. Worship. In other words, worship. Do homage to the Son, and he will not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. We should pray for rulers, that God would give them discernment, that God would open their eyes, that they would do homage to the Son. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, is this, are we praying for something that is against the separation of church and state here? Well, I don't know. I, I, think, I think the state, those, in rule, those who rule, should have a, a dose of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, according to this passage, don't you? Yeah. God needs to give them repentance for them to be spared. And they should heed these warnings. 
You can also go back and look at Micah. And verse 4 is also a warning, not just for rulers, but a warning for all people. Verse 4 is a warning for all people that they would not practice evil deeds. Now, even those who confess faith in Christ yet fall away. Verse 4 is a dreadful warning as well. For such people who believe in Christ for a time and then later on turn away and fall into wickedness and sin and unbelief, such persons will cry out to the Lord and he will not answer them. Instead, he will hide his face from them at that time because they have practiced evil deeds. Now, you might say, well, well, can't any person always repent and believe and be accepted back in? Well, yes, except for those who sin against, uh, who blaspheme the Holy Spirit, according to Matthew 12, and that particular sin is calling the work of Christ the work of the devil. But there is a stern warning for us that I think this passage speaks to, and that's found in Hebrews 6. Let's turn to Hebrews 6. <clears throat> you want to pair verse 4 in today's text with Hebrews 6, 1 through 8. Hebrews 6 begins by saying, Therefore, Leaving the elementary teachings or teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. For those of you who God is working in you a steadfast, sure, saving faith. Don't be surprised if you take this warning in Hebrews 6 with some fear. Honestly, I think it's, I, I still think it's a fearful passage. But you know, I want you to think about this. For those of you whom God is preserving until that great day of judgment, the fear of falling away And the fear of God's word in such passages such as this, in such passages such as verse 4 that we read in our text today, the fear of falling away is one of the things that God uses for his elect 
to preserve you and keep you from falling away. We, like the rulers of the nation, should heed God's warnings and flee from the wrath to come. God promised that he will bring great judgment upon the rulers, especially the wicked rulers of this world. But he promises that he will give mercy to those who submit and embrace the Son and do homage and worship the Son, Jesus Christ, and he will spare you from eternal wrath. Let's pray together. Our blessed Father, we ask that you would help us to heed these warnings of Holy Scripture. That we would not be those who seek to do evil, who would call good evil and evil good. Help us to be those who would not seek to devour others, but help us to be those who love and serve others. We pray that you would forgive us of our many sins. And we pray that we would receive the warnings, that we would heed these warnings, that we would embrace Jesus Christ by faith, and that we would cling to him as our only Lord and Savior, that we would trust in his holy sacrifice, that we would trust that he's paid for our sins. And we do pray that by your Holy Spirit and by your word, that you would guard us and protect us and that you would keep us from falling. Help us, we pray, to heed the warnings and to flee the wrath to come. For we ask these things all in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing for our closing hymn, 22, our closing psalm, 22D, All the ends of earth shall hear. Let's stand and sing 22D.